Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. We've been going through, and I'm going to wrap up a series this morning, we've been going through a series entitled The Greatest Gift Exchange, and we've looked at so many different things, And but really we're looking at the reason that Christ came. Why did God come? Why do we celebrate Christmas? Why do we, why do we celebrate a baby that was born in a manger? And so over the last several weeks, we've looked at different things. We've looked at uh, that, that He came to exchange our sadness with His joy. We looked at things that, that as he came to, to give us hope when we were hopeless, to give us peace when we were in the midst of fear. And all of us have gone through all of those different things and in some way, shape, or form in our lives. We've had a, a season of just sadness. We've had seasons of, of fear where we just were uncertain about life and things were just up and down and, and we just were not sure exactly where God was going to take us and, and why are you doing this to me right now? This may be 2016, may have been that year for you where you're just like, what in the world just happened? I know that's been there, uh, I, and but nonetheless, we've looked at these different things, and and we came and we discussed, and we've looked at each each week. We've looked at God came to exchange His life, His glory. He left glory. He left perfection. He left the angels singing all around Him. He left all of that to come down to become mankind, to be like you and I in the form of flesh. Why? He did so to exchange His perfect perfection, His glory, His holiness with our life of sin. He came to give you and to exchange that life. We ask all the time, or it's said all of the time, I've already read it this week on Facebook You've probably read it, you've seen it at the store, or maybe not at the store, but you've heard it, you've seen it. People, we always make those, the reason for the season. We've got to remember the reason for the season. We've got we to keep Christ in Christmas, right? And those are all great things, but what is that? What is that? Because I believe so often we try to say those things because they're good for us to hear. We've got to keep Christ. No more Xmas. It's Christmas. And, and that's right. It is about Christ. But why? Why? Why did he come? And this morning we're going to wrap up the series and we're going to look at just that as we have already. We've looked at the exchanges of different things. And there's so many more that we could have went through. Or, but we're looking at different things. But he came this morning that his love for our loss. His love for our loss is going to be the title of the sermon this morning. And, and as we look at that, you may go, what do you mean my loss? If I come and I give myself to Christ, I've gained everything. Let me share with you. In exchange for you, you have gained everything. There is no greater exchange than saying, here you go, God. Take all of me. But here's the reality. As you and I sit here today, the loss, though we would, if you've come to know Christ, there is no loss. But here it is. There is a loss. It's that you must lose this. Lose your life to take on His. You must, I must 
lose my life. It says in God's word that we must lay our lives down or I must die daily, it says. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20, one of my all-time favorite verses in scripture is, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I don't live any longer, it says, but I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, in order for me to gain all of what Christ has, I have to be willing to be humble, to give myself over and to lose all that I think that I have already gained on this earth. And giving that over to the Lord. And this morning we're going to look very briefly at a passage of scripture that most everybody in this room knows. And it's out of John chapter number 3. And if you have your Bible, you can go with me. If not, it'll be up on the screens. But in John chapter number 3, we're going to start in verse number 14. And we're going to read just a few verses. And I'm going to give you a couple points and we're going to get out of here this morning. But John chapter 3, verse number 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And this is a verse that every person in this room, if you don't know it for certain, 100% out of heart, you've heard it, you know it. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Father God, I pray that you would use your words, your scripture to pierce the hearts of people today. In Jesus name, amen. The very first point this morning is this. Christmas started in the manger, but it was completed at the cross. Christmas started in the manger, but it was completed at the cross. Every year we celebrate this special day. A baby that was born in a manger. We see pictures, we hear stories, we go to plays, we do different things with children, whatever it would be. Maybe you watch stories or or movies on TV. They all have the same thing. They see the wise men, the animals, Mary and Joseph, a baby laying in a manger. But Christmas is so much more than any of those things that I just mentioned. All of those are a great part of it. The wise men, that's an incredible story. I shared a couple weeks ago. One of my favorite portions of scripture is the wise men. Because to me, they're just so random and bizarre. Where do these guys come from? And nobody knows. And nobody knows how they found out. And there's so much stuff about them that just we're not sure of. But there's so many different things. The wise men, Mary and Joseph, obviously Mary was a, a virgin, but yet she conceived and gave birth to Jesus, she was espoused to Joseph, and Joseph stuck beside her. The story can go on and on, and the wise men, and the, the shepherds, and so on and so forth. But, but we look at this, it's not just that. If there were no cross, Christmas would just be another day. Listen this morning, if there were no cross, Christmas would be another day. The song that we just sung, One King. Listen, there's lots and lots and lots of kings that have been born in this earth. Lots of them. But there was but one king that lived a perfect life. One king that lived that that perfect life. Then at the end of his perfect life, spent and died a sinner's death on a cross for you and for me. 
See, Christmas may have started in a manger, but it ended at the cross. It was completed at the cross. Christ came to save the lost by the shedding of his own blood. Matthew 26 and verse 28 says this, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. We'll partake of communion in just a moment, but it was the blood of Jesus that was shed upon a cross for the remission, for the forgiveness of sin of all mankind. Literally, when we look at that word remission, it speaks of forgiveness, but it speaks of being released. It speaks of being releasing, being released from bondage. You could look at it in this regard, and some of you in this room have spent your lives professionally in a career that deals with police and people locking people up or keeping them in behind bars. There's several people in our congregation that have worked in that field. Many of those people have, have, have lived many, many years behind bars. They were in chain. They were in bondage behind those bars, ultimately behind sin. But, but they were in chain and bondage behind bars. And what this speaks of is on that day when they are released, when they take that first step out into freedom and they are standing on the other side, they have that remission, they have that freedom, they have a release. And that's what that speaks of when we look at this word remission, the remission of sin, the release, the forgiveness, that that release from bondage. Christmas started in the manger, but was completed at the cross. My second point is that cross, the cross offers hope that cannot be found anywhere else. The cross offers a hope that cannot be found anywhere else. In verse 15, it says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. It says that whosoever believeth in Him, anyone that believes should not perish, should not die. God's Word says at the very, very beginning, if we were to go back to Genesis, God told Adam and Eve, and and He told them, hey, if you don't do this, if you do this, you will what? Surely die. Hey, if you eat of that tree... If you take the fruit of that tree, you will surely die. Now, most in this room, I think we all understand that that didn't mean when they took of that tree or when they grabbed the fruit off of that tree and they, they, they looked at it and they thought that, hey, this is good to eat. They began to eat it. They weren't struck dead right then, but eternally speaking, or not eternally speaking, but, but there became damnation. There became sin that separated them from God. There was death at that point. I wish I could tell you all the whys and, and the hows of, of why there's uh, cancer and, and why, why would God allow cancer? Why would God allow a tsunami? Or why would God allow all of the bad things, the tornadoes and the hurricanes and, and the fires and the, the murders and the death and all of these things? Why would God allow it? Why would God allow it? And that's the greatest question that so many people ask. But why would God, if he's so loving, why? Here's why. Because at the beginning, God said, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And out of God's absolute love for mankind and for people, there was a punishment that came with their, the consequence of their sin. Listen, my children have a consequence and they do wrong. And out of my love for my children, I correct them. I, I scold them. I do whatever it is. I go get the spoon 
How many of you have a spoon? Whatever it is, we go and we deal with that and we correct that. Why? Because we love them. If we did not correct our children, you would see what you have in our school system. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kind of kidding. We, you see what, you watch the kids that have no correction at home. You know who they are. Why they do whatever they want. That's how all of our lives would be. God, God said, I love you. But then he said this, but whoever would believe in me would have eternal life. What an incredible, incredible thought this morning. Why did God come? The cross offers a hope that cannot be found anywhere else. Listen, many people in this room and all outside of this room have been seeking hope and love and joy and peace and all of these different things through their workplace, through their spouses, through their children, through finances, and through all kinds of things. Listen, there is but one hope that we have, and it is only in the baby that was born in a manger so many years ago. But as I stated before, it's the cross where it was completed that you and I have this hope. Many people would say, but I believe. I believe that there's a God up in heaven. I believe that, that there's the, the big man upstairs or, or this or that, whatever is said so many times. If you watch, uh, I, I hate watching uh, award shows with celebrities and, and actors or actresses and uh, musicians, when they, they all stand up there, they get their award and they, they pull out their piece of paper and they all, oh, I want to, I want to just thank the, the big man upstairs. I want to thank the, whatever they say. I want to throw up. Listen, he is not just the big man upstairs. He is God almighty, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes, He gave each and every one of those people the abilities and He allowed them to be where they are. And I get that. But God is not just a fad that is, is there that we just add on to our lives. The cross of Christ offers each of us hope that nothing else can offer you. Why do so many believers live in a hopelessness? Because they've yet to just say, God, here I am. I fully surrender and take all of me. I shared it last night. Sometimes we just have to take, lift the load off of our shoulders and say, God, here's the burden. I cannot carry it anymore. You did not create me to carry the burden. I am giving it back to you. You deal with it. You handle it. Only in the cross do we have that hope? Only in God. There is no other hope for eternity. It's not a matter that you've been good. It's not a matter that you've been bad. It's not a matter that you've given enough or you haven't given enough. It's not a matter that you rocked enough babies in a nursery or that you've attended enough services. This morning, I'm here to share with you the hope of God came from a baby that was born in a manger but was completed 
33 some years later on a cross with the shedding of blood for the remission of your sins and mine as we give our lives and believe of who he is and put trust, our faith and trust in him. The third point this morning is the cross happened because of God's love. The cross happened because of God's love. For God so loved the world, in verse 16, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. I would say this this morning, there's not many people in this room that are just in complete need. We opened up presents in our home this morning at an ungodly hour, I will let you know that. My child, Riley, thought about 4.15 was a great time to get up this morning and wake everybody else in the house up. I'm all about Christmas and the Christmas spirit. I was not all about 4.15 this morning. So I stayed in bed until about 5.30. Don't awe. But you know what? In, in our home, we always read the Christmas story and we kind of share some things that we're thankful for and we pray together. And I don't remember which one of the kids said it this morning, but they said, I'm thankful for all the toys because I know we don't need them. Some of that is us teaching them, listen, we've got an abundance of things. Everybody in this room, if you have kids, your kids have 18,000 more toys than they really need. Nobody in this room is really in dire need. I've been fortunate to go to other countries. We watch it on TV, war-torn countries. We see people living in situations that no individual should ever have to live in. There is great need. There is one need though that regardless of whether you live in the poorest of poorest of situations or you are the wealthiest man to have ever walked the face of the earth, there is one need that everybody has in this room and that need is the love of a Savior. That need is love. Listen, I don't care whether you're rich or poor. I don't care where you sit this morning. Each and every person in this room and every person that ever walks the face of this earth desires to be loved. And there is one absolute perfect love, and it only comes from God. And we all need it. And God's word says here in this passage, it's so incredibly famous worldwide, that God so loved the world. What did he do in his love, in the greatness of he, that he has, the, the love of him looking down? He said, listen, I've got a plan, and that plan is through salvation. But salvation is going to come through Jesus being born in a manger. I love so much that I'm going to give my son. I'm going to watch him go through and be tortured. I'm going to get to a place and it says that God turned his back on his son. We don't fully understand that, though we've read it many times. Many of us have shed tears over thinking about it. But we all need and seek love. And we do that through many different things, but God sent His only begotten Son. The love of God was sent 
through His Son. Christmas is wrapped in this verse. For God so loved that He sent His only begotten Son. And it says that whosoever, that is every person that's in this room, that is every person that will ever walk in this room, that is every person that has ever walked on the face of this earth and will ever walk on the face of this earth, whosoever would believe in Him can have an everlasting life. This morning I would say, as I've said many times, I would beg you that if you would sit here this morning and you do not know Christ as your Savior, you've, igne- you've never experienced that love personally, that you would say out of the, the, just the humility of your heart, you would say, God, today I want to lose all that I have because I need the love that you desire to give to me. And my last point this morning is the exchange will only take place if we believe. Again, I've said this word is over and over in this passage. For whosoever believes. The exchange happens when we believe. When we believe and put our faith and trust in Him. And in verse number 17 it says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. I get that there's believers that walk the face of the earth today. That have a condemning spirit. That maybe are too or more judgmental than we ought to be and all of those things. I understand that. I also understand the day and age in which we live where people, because they don't agree with our stance, we're considered a bigot or we're considered a hypocrite. We're considered judging and we're considered all of those things. I get that. But listen to me this morning. Jesus Christ came not to condemn the world. But He came what? It says in 17, He came that the world through Him might be saved. Listen, Christmas, Christmas is only here, yes, because Jesus came and was born in a manger. But Christmas was here as it was stated in the very, very first point this morning was that it started in a manger, but it was completed on that cross. Several years ago, I had the opportunity in closing this this morning, I want to share this with you, but several years ago, I think it was, well, you would all know the date, I don't remember, off the top of my head, I can't remember the date, but Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana there in New Orleans. And at that time, I was a youth pastor here in town, and, and I was able to go to New Orleans, and that, it was about five or six days after Hurricane Katrina hit. It was one of those weeks that I'll never, ever, ever forget in all of my life. It was just sheer destruction. Water was up, and, and you all know the story. You've seen the pictures. You've seen the videos. You've seen all those things. But I was on site. I was in New Orleans driving in, and we would go into the city. And we got to go house to house, and we would look for people. And we were trying to take them out. 
There was a group of us that, that we were on the tarmac, and as people, the, 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 the helicopters would go into the city, they'd take people out, they'd take them to the tarmac. We would take them with a bag or whatever it was that they had. We would take them from, from the, the tarmac, get them right off the airplane or the helicopter. We would rush them in. We would take them to one of the terminals inside of the airport there in New Orleans, and they would be sent somewhere. They had no idea where they were going. And if you remember that, You've seen it on TV. Those people, literally, there was like three or four cities, and they were just taking and flying people and dropping them wherever those places were to get them out of the city. You say, why are you sharing this? Here's why I'm sharing this this morning. Because as I was there, I saw things I had never seen in all my life. I saw driving down those streets... I saw death like I had never seen before. I've been to funerals. I have seen lots of things, but I had never seen literally just people dead on a porch. I'd never seen that before. White cloths over people. Big, huge X's on, on houses. They were just spray-painting X's that they had taken people out. And they had already kind of went through that area or whatever it is. I saw with my eyes things that I had never seen. I smelt with my nose things that I had never smelled in all of my life. I, had, I was in, engaged with people that were fearful, that were so nervous, that were just scared, that didn't know what was going on. They had no idea what tomorrow held. And here's the thing that they not, not one of them ever did. None of them said, no, I don't want your help. Because we were coming in and we were coming to save them out of a situation. I'll never forget one particular lady. She was an elderly lady, I would guess mid to late 70s. We found this lady in her home and you could see she was walking by her window and we could see through the window and we knew somebody was there and what they were doing, they would hide because they did not want to leave their homes. And so we would go up and we went up and we knocked on the door. And we just knocked. Nobody answered. And we knocked again. Nobody answered. The police had gone through. National Guard had gone through. And I was with a group of people. And I'll never forget. We're standing, I don't know, maybe from from me to the second or third row here. And we saw, we could see the shadow, we knew somebody was in there. And we're standing there, and I was with, some of you may know this gentleman, but I was with a friend of ours named Mike Ney. And Mike stood there, and I was shortly behind him, and he he said this. He said, we know you're in there. My name is Pastor Mike Ney. We're coming to help you. Nothing. He walked to another area and he said, My name is Pastor. We're with the church and we're coming to help you. An old lady opens the door, just barely peeks her head out. See, because we were a church, we were from the church, this lady peeked her head out and said, Hello, and she welcomed us in, and we, we eventually got her. We took her out. We met with her uh, son about an hour or two hours later. We drove her 45 minutes or so outside of the city. But I say all that because of this. Listen, God is just reaching out, and he's saying, Hey, I'm God, 
And I'm here to help. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. In this passage of scripture it says, for the world, but he came that the world through him might be saved. Listen, not one person said, hey, I don't want your help. I just want to stay in my condemned area. Nobody did that. Everybody was begging for help. They were pleading, help, help, help. This morning, you go, man, what, where are you going with this? God came for one reason and one reason only. He sent His only begotten Son to be born in a manger, to end up on a cross for the remission, for the shedding of blood, that His blood would be shed, that you and I could have everlasting life. This morning, there's only one thing that I can really share with you, and I believe this with all my heart, is that the gospel message of Jesus Christ is begging for you to come to know Him as Savior. And I get this morning, as I look all the way across this room, the majority of the people in this room are members of this church. The majority of the people in this room have been coming here for some time, and we know you face to face, and I could call you by name, whatever it would be, and I would say most everybody in this room would profess to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. But there's also maybe just one in here this morning that would say, I know the Christmas story. And I am one that today needs a Savior. I am one that today is living hopeless and need hope. I am one today that is living in fear but need peace. I am one that today is living in sadness but need joy. I am one today that is willing to lay down and to say, God, I'm giving you everything, all of this that I have tried to gain and all of the things that I have done, I'm willing to lay it down and humbly come to you and exchange my life for everything that you have. God is screaming out just like we did on that lady's front porch. Ma'am, I see you in there. I know you need to leave. The, the reality was this. If that lady would have stayed, she would have died. Everybody that would have, if everybody would have stayed in that area, they would have all died. Because they would not have had food. The, the water was, it was horrible. Everything about it, it was, it was condemned. Everything was bad. They would have died. Listen. Every person that sits in this room, and this isn't a scare tactic, but the fact of life is this. Everybody that sits here, their card, their time will be called. Do you know Christ is your Savior this morning? I don't care if you've been in this church for 40 years. Don't be too proud to say, I'm okay. Do you know Christ is your Savior this morning? Listen, for those of you that sit here, and you would say, Pastor, without a shadow of a doubt, I know for a fact, I know that I know that I know that I know, I'm on my way to heaven. I've asked this and I've said this for two weeks now. Let me ask you, are you living sad? Are you living in fear? Are you living in hopelessness? Because God came to exchange His life of peace, His life of comfort, His life of joy, His life of hope 
that we don't have to live that way. With every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.